listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Hey gang, Chris here. I just want to take a quick moment and say thank you. Thank you for the support. Thank you for listening. And thank you for subscribing. But I also want to warn you that if you aren't subscribed to this podcast, you may be missing episodes. A lot of people follow us on social media, but sometimes our tweet with the link doesn't show up in your feed. Some of you follow our Facebook page or follow a Facebook group where we share the link. But Facebook tries to hide those page shares in an effort to shake us down for money. And if they see me sharing it in a group, they suspend me for weeks on end. That means you miss episodes. Don't miss episodes anymore. If you have an iPhone, there's a little purple podcast button. And if you don't have it anymore, just go into the App Store. Download it for free. If you have an Android phone, click on Google Play. Search Podcast. Pick an app that you like. Spotify works. Go into these apps, search the name of the show, and hit subscribe. Now you'll never miss anything. Thanks for subscribing. You keep listening, we'll keep making them. Listening to Windy City Slam. My name is Chris Lanuti. Mike Pankow is uh, joining me virtually, as we have to do these days. Maybe that will change someday soon. And today on the program, King Kong Cross joins the show. Mike will tell you more about him if you haven't heard about him. We're going to talk local Chicagoland wrestling and also some national stuff. I have an interesting theory when it comes to Seth Rollins and why he's acting the way that he is. We will get to that now in moments. You're listening to Windy City Slam every single week live at 12 p.m. on the Podbean app and then on demand starting Tuesday mornings. Found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at WindyCitySlam.com. My friend. Hey, Chris, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm hanging in there, you know. Life yeah. is what life is these days. Yeah, I, I, I finally have, like... the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, uh, I'm, I'm excited that, like, we finally... Like, my parents have been, like, so, like, like freaked out about this whole thing. And it makes sense because they're in, like, a risk group that yeah. uh, we've, we've been keeping our distance. And now we've all made a decision as a family that we're just quarantining for the next two weeks so that we can all get together at the lake cottage and the kids can finally h- hug their grandparents. So we're doing like the strict quarantine thing to, to kind of make sure that everything will be safe. And so it gives everybody something on the calendar now to look forward to. And, uh, that's, uh, that's, so at least that's good. At least, at least there's something on the calendar and you, you need that. You need something on there. I also have a, a daughter graduating from the eighth grade this week. And it's going to be very weird because of like, you know, driving around in your car, for graduation and it's, it's going to be a strange week, but at least when it's all over, she gets to look forward to the next chapter in her life. So we're trying to put as the most positive spin we can on everything this week. How are you? Good, good. Yeah. And it sounds like it's so much better than anything like uh, saying tentative or question marks or anything like that. At least you have a few 
things to look forward to that right. are a little bit more concrete than just a bunch of unknowns. Like yeah. we have in the wrestling business right now, unfortunately, especially with smaller scale and local shows. Last week, a uh, little bit of sad news locally. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Discovery, a, Mex- a Mexican Lucha Libre star with a kind of a history in Chicago, he passed away last week. And I read somewhere that he had a 34-year wrestling career, so he, he did a lot of different things. Um, he actually was a part of AAA down in Mexico, which is one of the biggest uh, Lucha Libre companies in the world. Them and CMLL are probably the two biggest. Uh, he was still actually still wrestling fairly recently in the area, uh, even within the last year or two for uh, companies like Gali Lucha Libre. And there are also a couple of uh, companies that come into Berwyn Eagles Club that run Lucha shows once or twice a month as well. And he was had a hand in those as well. He was well-respected in the Chicago area. And he, uh, the, the list of talent that he had a hand in training just a little bit, whether it's Lucha style or more than that, WWE guys like Mustafa Ali, Kalisto, Joaquin Wild, who's the former DJZ who lived in the area for a while. And he also had influence on some names like Pat Monix, Chico Suave, and GPA. So rest in peace to Discovery. And I know a lot of people have said a lot of great things about him on social media this week. Uh, a little bit of sad news. And just wanted to kind of uh, bring a little light to him this week. Oh, that's a uh, shame. Yeah, it's always sad to hear uh, any talent, uh, you know, dying. In it's such business. a big, it's such a big world, though. That's the whole thing. Like the wrestling world is so big, you know. I mean, and that, and that's probably why we, you know, it seems like almost every week we've got one that we're at least reviewing their career at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, now, can we talk real quick before you get to anything else about somebody's whose career, two people whose careers have been up at the top, and some weird stuff or not weird, but just crazy stuff. You didn't see coming happening this week. And that mm-hmm. is Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch over in WWE. Now Becky's pregnant. So she walks away from the title. Fine. Great. Makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. It was touching. Asuka was a little over the top with her response afterwards. I would have liked a little she bit. has been lately. Yeah, a little bit more things, genuine yes. response would have really sold that. I think a little bit at that moment, uh, instead of the, uh, the crazy Asuka act. But, but other than that, that's it. That's fine. That's what they're going ahead with. And and good luck to her and congratulations to the two of them. But then Rollins, without any explanation, is acting like almost like catatonic the entire show on Raw. And I floated this theory to you in a text message that night. And this is how I think it's going to play out. He wants to leave, too. He's got, I mean, like in the real world, he doesn't want to have a pregnant wife and expose himself to the possibility of catching COVID-19 and mm-hmm. then endangering the pregnancy. So I feel like this is going to be a very quick storyline, which Seth Rollins is getting suspended or he leaves or something until this is over. I would imagine that's why there was such a sudden switch in his response. They tried to make it seem like it was because of his loss the night before in the pay-per-view. I think this is, he needs to get off the air and he needs to get off quick. And and. and I would be shocked if he's going to wrestle for the next nine months or however long. She, I don't know how far along she is, but I, I, I can, I'd be shocked if he's going to stay out there and expose himself when he's got to worry about his, his bride to be and his new child on the way. Yeah. I think that's a, a good take on your part. Uh, I believe I read somewhere that the, she is due in December. So probably about seven months or so. Right. So we may, you know, if he does end up disappearing for a while, 
we may not see him until Royal Rumble time uh, next year. Yeah, that would make sense, too, because he's going to want to stay home with the child. He's going to want to spend daddy time. He's going to have to get himself, you know, all back in the wrestling mode in his mind. I, I believe Royal Rumble. I think you're going to see Seth Rollins leave and he'll be back around the Royal Rumble. And hopefully by that point, we'll have an we'll have some way of having a crowd in the stands because I think that'd be a big return. But I think he's going to disappear. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. And I really do hope uh, we have crowds sooner than later. But again, you know, these certain uncertain times, you got to be got to be really careful with this stuff. Hey, Southsiders, are you White Sox fans? The number one most downloaded White Sox podcast, according to Podbean.com, is Socks in the Basement. And it's part of the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. Insider interviews, stat breakdowns, and coverage year-round. Join me and my buddy Dave and all kinds of great guests each and every week for 30 minutes of Socks. It's found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Yeah, Ryan Cross, or King Kong Cross, as he's known in some circles, uh, he's a guy who's been wrestling around the Midwest for quite a while. Um, a lot of a lot of Wisconsin promotions, but some, some in Illinois as well. Uh, he's kind of around the border, uh, Kenosha, you know, just north of uh, Illinois. So uh, he's uh, he's well known in southeastern Wisconsin, north northeast. I Illinois. got my first question for him then, as we welcome Ryan Cross or King Kong Cross to the to the uh, to the show. And uh, first of all, welcome, sir. What's going on, guys? Oh, not much. Did you run out to the bars the moment that you were allowed to go do it? Because isn't that the big story out there in your neck of the woods? Are you up in uh, Kenosha right now, or? Where the where it's just like a, a judge overturns a rule, and there were like forty thousand people inside of bars within like an hour and a half. Yeah, it's been kind of crazy. Uh, a lot of Illinois people coming up. I know Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, which is about thirty minutes west from me. I, I think they said that the town was completely packed. The bars were at capacity. There was no social distancing going on. Unfortunately, I don't drink, so uh, I've never been a bar guy. You know, none, so. of, none of the wrestlers we talked to drink. And what's funny is, like, now this is the la- like last last week we had we had drinking and and making drink advice from Missa Kate, and then she goes, but <laughs> but I don't drink, and I'm like, but she's telling us how to make drinks, and now we got this. He doesn't either. You know, maybe it's just the Undertaker. Maybe only the Undertaker drinks his body weight and the rest of these guys their body are their bodies are a temple is that because of what you're in is that why you don't do it or is it i mean it would make sense to me because you're an athlete no i i never i never picked up the the desire to start drinking even when i was like in my early 20s and in high school and stuff i i never never got a taste for it and then i i was i'm still in big in the bodybuilding and and obviously with pro wrestling and it just doesn't have any place in my lifestyle. Good for you. You know, I mean, it, I'm going to tell you something right now. It made me fat and unathletic. If it wouldn't have been for beer, I probably would have been a wrestler myself. But instead, I'm just a fat 43-year-old man who has a bar and does a podcast from it. I'm sure Mike is itching to ask you something. Go ahead, bud. Yeah, I know uh, you were kind of mentioning on your Insta post last night, Ryan, that uh, you were coming up in a, in a Tennessee territory. Um, talk a little bit about how you got into wrestling and uh, your influences and such. Uh, so I went to my first indie show in, uh, 1999 at the college that I was attending, which was uh, Carthage college. And it was ran by the show was ran by, um, rocket Randy. 
okay. of uh, Premier Wrestling fame. Um, and at the time, he was running NAWF, North American Wrestling Federation. And I think uh, he had King Kong Bundy, he had George Steele, and he had Superfly Jimmy Snuka on the card. I, I, I had known all these guys from watching wrestling. I had no idea that they did shows locally. I, indie wrestling, I never had heard of it before. But um, he, uh, he, I, I was kind of hanging out after the event, and you know, I, I, I actually played for the baseball team that, um, that they were doing the fundraiser for at Carthage. And he asked me if I wanted to come meet the guys. So I went in the back and I got to meet Superfly and George Steele and King Kong Bundy. And uh, I kind of got hooked and uh, I called him, I think probably like six months later, we, we stayed in contact, just like just calling each other and just talking. And then uh, I, I joined his school and uh, shortly after in 2000, when it was in uh, Barrington, Illinois. What do you do now with what's going on? Like how, how we've asked a couple other promoters and, and people, wrestlers that are out there. I mean, what, what is your daily routine or, or weekly routine like now? And, and how do you, how do you, how do you handle this current time period where you can't get in front of a crowd on a regular basis? Uh, well, I mean, Jeff Luxon and I are known as the express and uh, we are Dave heroes, GLCW tag team champions. And I mean, we pretty much got the call that, every show that Dave has booked throughout the summer is going to be canceled. Uh, he, he has a pretty aggressive, I mean, he's, he's, he promotes shows at six flags, great America over the 4th of July weekend. I mean, he has the Brady street festival in downtown Milwaukee. I mean, these are shows that there's two, three, 4,000 people at, you know? And I mean, this, this is, you know, it's, we went from having a very big summer booked, uh, we were supposed to work last week for uh, Kevin Thorne. I, I know you're familiar with him, Mike from yes. WWE. He has, a, he has a now. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, he's a good friend, and he had a big show booked in uh, in Indianapolis as a fundraiser for a, a cancer benefit that that we've done the last couple of years. So it was me and Jeff versus him and Gangrel again, the rematch, and oh, uh, that was canceled. Yep. yep, yep, and that was canceled. So, I mean. Uh, my daily routine now, I mean, I, I still, I'm, I, I still work out. I mean, I still have, I have keys to a gym, so I, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still working out pretty regularly. I, I have my own ring so I can set it up at any time and, uh, you know, get my, uh, get my timing in there. I mean, after 20 years, I mean, not really worried about it, but it's gotta be boring, right? I mean, like, it's kind of like, I mean, it's hard, it's gotta be hard for you to come up with things that you're going to do to get ready for something that you don't even know when it's going to come back. That's got to be, it's got to be tough to get up every day. Cause I know I uh, have spent three, four days in a row sitting in my pajamas and gone, Oh man, I really haven't gotten dressed in three days because when you, when you have the kind of life, like with my podcast network, I go out and I'm at all these different locations and I have all these different shows and we do, and I can't do any of that right now. So my day is so much shorter and I, and you don't know when it's going to end. It's got to be pretty similar for you right now. Well, I do have a shoot job, so well, that's good. and I'm I've been <laughs> and I've been working. Yeah, I mean I've been working through this whole thing. I work for a hospital, so I'm I've I'm kind of on the front lines, and I guess you could call me an essential employee. But uh, you know, and I also I also work for a school district, and um, you know I'm not working there right now, but I I do have my full time job at the uh, at the hospital. So, but yeah, I mean. I, I don't think these promoters that have been doing this under five years are really going to understand, but this pandemic is going to change the way things are done. I mean, 
they're talking about this coming back possibly with a flare up in the, in the fall or the winter. Um, you know, I, I, I don't have the luxury of like the Jimmy blazes or the Frank DeFalco's out there that have like training centers that they, they can pretty much, they have their own talent that they can kind of draw from. I, I go out and have to, and I, and I book some of the biggest names. I mean, I'm, I have Jay Bradley, Marche rocket, Vic Capri, uh, the Paulie Tomaselli. I mean, I have some of the biggest, indie names around the area on, on most, if not all my shows. And, you know, so, so the budgets are, are a little bit bigger. Plus I bring in some big names. And if, uh, if you're used to drawing 600, we, we usually average, I mean, Mike's been to them. We average about 600, right, Mike? Yeah. Uh, six to 800. Well, you pack the, uh, yeah. the ballroom over at, uh, the broad stop in Kenosha. Yeah. And I think that people are just going to be scared to go out. I think people, even if we are allowed to, to have these wrestling events again, I think people are going to be scared. I think people aren't going to want to go sit in a room that was designed for 600 people. And now you're putting six, 700 people in a room with a wrestling ring and they're on top of each other. I, I don't think it's going to be the same. I think that same 600 person show is going to, I think it's going to draw 400 people because you're going to have to take into account that families you know, moms aren't going to want their kids going with dad to the wrestling show. So I think it's going to change the game for everybody. Mm -hmm. And uh, you were pretty outspoken on social media a couple months ago, just when a lot of this stuff was starting to flare up. There were some promotions that were still going to try to go forward with shows. And you came right out and were very uh, vocal about that. Uh, could you talk a little bit about how you felt at that point? Uh, you know, I, I'm all for, for business and for people making money, but... You know, for people that think that this whole virus is a hoax, you know, whether it is or it isn't, I mean, they haven't told us at the hospital. I, I haven't got that text from Donald Trump yet to tell me that. <laughs> but but I, I think that um, I think that people thought it was a joke at first and people still want to run shows and the people running shows like, you know, I mean, it wasn't really that important to draw 20 people. I mean, you know, some of the places that were some of the places that wanted to run, I mean, it, it, I, I called the governor's office in Illinois and I, I sent emails with flyers that were trying to run shows like kind of around the, the, the closure of everything. I don't have a problem. I snitched every one of them out because the best thing that could happen in Illinois or Wisconsin is the state athletic commission could come back and regulate it and take out all these other bullshit promotions and, 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 and stop them from running and let the actual real promoters run and we can stop letting everybody into the business that shouldn't be in there. What you're referring to is that there's other promotions that are out there where you think it's not being done right. It's half-assed. What is that? Are those people that are just like wrestling hangers on or, or these are, are they people that were actual wrestlers that were good at what they did, but they're just bad promoters. Where does that, where do those ticky tack promotions come from in your opinion? Well, I think what happened was I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people decided that, you know, I can rent a ring or I can buy a ring and I can become a promoter because they weren't accepted by the wrestling world. I got into the business in 2000 when you had to be a man to be in the sport, when you had to be too. I remember getting a letter from WWE years ago saying that if I wasn't 225 pounds or six foot and taller with no college sports background to not even send in my tapes. Now look at that. I mean, how many guys are under 235 pounds now? How many are 225 pounds now? How, I mean, they have a whole damn show dedicated to guys that are under 205 pounds, right? right. Mm -hmm. So, 
So what happened was, is more and more people started getting in the business that we had kept out and they, maybe they weren't getting the push they wanted. Maybe they weren't, they were, they were in the opening match and they wanted to be the main event. So they, what they did is they did the next logical thing and they started a promotion. Most of these guys don't run with insurance. Most of them don't have an off duty police officer or security staff. And I'm not talking about throwing a 130 pound kid in a yellow t-shirt that says security. I'm talking about having a gun toting off duty police officer. I'm talking about having EMTs that are off duty at the show that, that have their medical bags with them in case something happens. Um, yeah, that's all stuff that the Illinois athletic commission used to require. And now that they're not around anymore, half of these promotions, I mean, come on, you just mentioned the Berwyn Eagles club. I mean, how many promotions run out of that building? Eight, 12, 15, eight to 10 a month, at least, at least. Yeah. There's so many time. I mean, seriously, if you're a dad with three kids, and you say, hey, I'm going to take my kids to indie wrestling. And you take them to one of these horrible promotions and they see it and they're like, oh, my God, we paid money to see this. They're never going to the, the chances that they're going to actually venture out and see some good indie wrestling. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen because they wasted so much money on what is just a joke. You know, since you don't have that kind of regulation, does, is it possible or do you ever talk with the other promoters that you believe are on the right level? And say, how do we, how do we make sure that our product shines differently than theirs, so people don't go to that kind of a promotion and get soured on independent wrestling? I mean, is there a discussion amongst all of you? Like, we need to make sure that we're promoting right, doing things right, and make it, and make sure that we're differentiating ourselves from them, even in the way that we're presenting it when we're trying to bring people into our shows. Yeah, I mean, I talked to Mike. Knows I've called promoters out. I, I call the good ones out just as much as I call the bad ones out. You know, uh, you know Matt Nix over at Freelance and Danny Daniels at AAW. Uh, Steve Boz does a good job of, of providing a, a very good product. Um, you know, I'm going to miss people here. I'm going to miss people there. I'm, I'm, please don't be offended if I don't bring you up. But you know, and then you got guys like. AW, what was it? Uh, AWA Pro Wrestling Extreme Power. I mean, these guys draw 12 people. I mean, the, I'm not really worried about them because they draw 12 people. So, I mean, if, if, if I don't, you know, recruit those 12 people to come to my show, I mean, it's really no big deal. So, um, but yeah, the people that want to talk, the people that are good promoters, they will talk to the other good promoters. The ones that are bad promoters, they're the ones that are in their bubble and they, they, they have their tree house and they pull the ladder up and, you know, they say, you know, promoters treehouse, nobody else is welcome. And right. I mean, that's, that's fine. You know, but that's what it is. You know, that's what it is, guys. It's truly become a sport where everybody has a treehouse. And if you couldn't get into the cool kids treehouse, you just built your own treehouse. That's all it is. Instead so. of doing something to better yourself and, and further yourself along, you just built your own treehouse. And it, no matter how horrible it was and nails sticking out and screws coming out of the bottom and it, how it would blow in the wind. It doesn't matter. We, we, we have our own treehouse, and that's where all our friends are going to be. You know, I always say the same thing because I spent 10 years in, in, uh, in broadcast radio and I had some success and I was number one in a couple of different towns and I stopped doing it because it was a lifestyle change. And I was, you know, I had kids and I wanted to live back at home where I was from on the South side of Chicago. But I always laugh about social media now and all these people that like, especially cause I have a broad, I have a broadcast journalism degree and I laugh at all the people that couldn't pass the class 
on ethics inside of their journalism department who then started their own <laughs> news site. You know, I have a new news site. And now we watch these things. They're all over social media. And half the things that people are listening to and following, they get their politics from, they get everything else from. These are these are the kids that couldn't get on a regular newspaper. And people follow it. And I, I So I completely get your argument because it's not just in wrestling. It happens. It's the new thing now that people are like, well, if I can't get in and I don't have the skills to do it, I'll just go make up my own thing and hope that people follow. It's horrible. It's horrible. And YouTube is just, has, has really been just horrible about it. I mean, think about it. All these people that are getting their advice on the pandemic and, and their medical advice, they're getting them from YouTubers. These guys, I mean, what medical degree or, or degree for any matter do the YouTubers have? Seriously. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I, I stopped putting faith in YouTube when I saw a kid open up a Finn Balor figure and it had like 1.2 million views. Like you mean to tell me 1.2 million views watched a kid open up a 7.99 figure? You know, I mean, I, but but then but then the guy that's quoting the the virus, oh, this is a hoax. The virus is a hoax. The pandemic is a hoax. And then you look at the views on this guy's page, and he had 247 views. But the kid opening the Finn Balor had 1.5 million. I mean, right. dude, it doesn't make any sense. A couple of things I want to get into you real quick, uh, Ryan. Uh, your son now, Jordan, he or he now wrestles, but he, he's still very young. But how do you think he's coming along as a performer? Uh, you know what? Jordan came up when he was like, I mean, Mike, he's been coming to shows since he was in a car seat. And I used mm-hmm. to have to leave him with the one girl wrestler back in the days because there wasn't like six girl wrestlers on the show. We used to have like one or two. And I would leave them with the girl wrestler and say, can you watch my kid while I wrestle? And then I would run back to the locker room after the match. And then I would grab my car seat back from him or from that girl. So, I mean, he, he's always been around it. I mean, uh, sometimes he'll, he'll tell me some information. He'll say, oh, did you know about so-and-so? And I'll say, who'd you hear that from? He goes, oh, Uncle Marche told me. You know, back, <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Backwoods, Uncle Dave Rydell, Uncle Jeff Luxon, Uncle Paulie Thomas. I mean, he calls all these guys his uncles. Uh, when he graduated from high school, I mean, it looked like a, like an indie show. I mean, that's, that's how many <laughs> wrestlers showed up to his party. Um, he, he's been around it. He has a pedigree. Um, he's very, very close with Joey Eastman. Uh, I'm sure you remember him, Mike. Um, he, he, if there's one thing he does, he takes advice, but he doesn't just take advice from me because obviously I don't always have the right advice because I'm, I'm pretty set in my ways, but he takes advice from a lot of people. He's done like three or four evolve camps. Um, I thought they were kind of like a gimmick. And then I read the emails he was getting back from Gabe Sapowski. And these are personally addressed to him. And they're taught. I mean, they're, this isn't a standard form letter. Hey, you did great. Now pay $300 for the next camp. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are like great feedback. He, he talks to uh, Matt Seidel a lot. Uh, he's, him and Glacier have become very close. I mean, I text Glacier and ask him if he's doing okay, and I get a response back in like three days, and he says, hey, doing fine, thanks. And then Jordan texts him like, happy birthday, and Jordan gets a response in 11 minutes. And <laughs> says, hey, Jordan, how are you doing? I hope you're staying safe. You know, your dad can die, but that's okay. No, he didn't say that. But but he, <laughs> but, but me, me and Jeff Luxon were just talking about it. Uh, we texted him, we texted Glacier a while ago and, and thanked him for something that he had done for us. And he, he got back to us in like three days with a one word response. Jordan posts a happy birthday to Ray Lloyd, uh, you know, WCW's Glacier, for those that don't know. But he, uh, 
he he responded like in, in like four minutes on the post and said, hey, thanks so much for thinking of me and for making this post uh, and thinking about my birthday. Thanks. You know, can't wait to see you soon. <laughs> and he's been invited down to the Nightmare Factory uh, to train with Glacier uh, this summer for an extended period of time. Uh, he, he does a lot of things with Cal Hero, who's Dave Hero's son. Uh, they are a tag team uh, up by me. Uh, Cal is... Universe, yeah. You know what? They dropped that. They uh, oh, really? it was too it was too heelish, so they uh, they are now go. the fanny okay. fanny pack party. They are the fanny, <laughs> they both wear fanny packs, and but uh, they've uh, they've they've been given some opportunity. I'm not going to lie that other people haven't been been given uh, because of probably their last names, but it also keeps the magnifying glass on them a little bit. You know, Jordan doesn't do it. He's not controversial. He doesn't do anything to, to for people to take swipes at him, which I'm glad because I would put him in his place if he did. But, you know, having the last name cross in this area probably is not going to earn you a lot of points, uh, you know, just because I'm pretty outspoken and I have, you know, my, my own way about me. So, mm-hmm. But he's he's done phenomenal. He's he's a great listener, Mike. I, I really appreciate you bringing him up. I mean that that that's that's huge, and and I'm very thankful that you guys follow him. Um, he's he's done a ton of stuff, man. He, he's he's really working in the gym. He's uh he's putting on size. Uh, he's doing everything right. You know, he's 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 climbing the ladder right now, and he, he's going one rung at a time. He's not looking to be at the top right away. So you know, one other thing that I I saw uh, when I was doing my research. I saw that you had an IMDb page, and you actually had some movie roles, like in Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. Is that true? Well, yeah, yeah, it's true. I wouldn't say that I was a featured role. I mean, no, I did no, extra, but I did extra work on a lot of movies. I think Batman Begins. I, I did The Dark Knight. I was uh, Mister Three Thousand with Bernie Mac. I, I, I was actually a baseball player in that movie. Um, Trying to think uh, other ones. Uh, oh, uh, Amityville Horror. I was in the, the when he takes his wife when Ryan Reynolds takes his wife to the uh, to the restaurant for a, a date night to get out of the house. I'm in the restaurant. I mean, yeah, I, I was big on that for a while. I thought I would, you know, parlay wrestling into acting, and didn't quite work out that way. So, Dark but. Knight. That's really cool. I mean, one of my favorite Batman movies. Actually, probably my favorite Batman movie of all time. And you were in it, man. Now that's another reason for to love that movie. Any specific things you want to plug, social media? And I know you have a, a big show at the end of the calendar year once hopefully we get going again. But you want to go ahead and plug it, some of that stuff? No, I'm not going to plug it because I, I'm going to be honest, Mike, with, with this thing possibly flaring up in, in uh, fall and winter like they're talking about, mm-hmm. um, like I told you before, I, I don't have the luxury of like Jimmy Blaze or, or Frank DeFalco or these guys that have their 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 schools that they draw their 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 wrestlers from. I have to go out and actually hire the wrestlers. You know, I don't I, I don't have homegrown talent. So my budget is usually pretty, pretty big. Um, and, and you've seen I mean, I think the last show that I had, I had Glacier. I had Mr. Kennedy. Mm-hmm. I had Warren Swaggle. I had Tito Santana, the show you were at, I had Kevin Thorne, I had Gangrel, I had Bushwhacker Luke, um, Beer, City Bruiser. I, Beer City Bruiser, I had Jay Bradley. I mean, so I bring in a lot of, a lot of talent that, that, that cost. And, and to be honest with you, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much watching it right now because like I said, if I can draw my 600, I'm fine. But if I draw 400 because 200 people are scared or this pandemic's going on, but most importantly, guys, I, I think you guys will both agree. 
people have been out of work for a long time. Uh, pe- people, bills are p- piling up and, and, you know, I mean, who knows when any sense of normalcy we'll get back to. I, do I, do I try to run a wrestling promotion or a wrestling show that's usually the week after or the week before Christmas and try to get people to spend money on tickets? I don't know if that's the right thing to do as a promoter. I, I, I think people have more responsibilities than, than going to a wrestling show. And I make a lot of money on my shoot job. I have a beautiful home. I, I have a, a tremendous family. Um, I don't need to promote. I, I, if, if I want to, I turn down more bookings than I, than I take. I usually just work for Dave Hero and for myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll see me on an occasional show, maybe for Kevin Thorne or uh, Al Snow or somebody like that. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll work for those guys um, if needed. But outside of that, I, I don't need to book myself to, to, to feel important. Uh, I, I don't think that it's the right thing to do, maybe, uh, to, to get people to spend money. And the other thing is, is these big names we bring in, how many of them are actually going to want to show up at these shows? I, I know guys need money, and, I, and I'm not discounting that. But, I mean, Bushwhacker Luke is in his 70s. You know, Tito Santana is in his 70s. How safe is travel and, and, and wrestling during something like this, you know what I mean? So, I mean, how do I book guys and, and ask them to, to put their health on the line, you know? Yeah. Uh, you could go to sports and signings, so the, the letter N, signings, at, on Instagram, and uh, that, that gives you up-to-date on what's going on with uh, SSW and sports and signings, which is my company that does autograph signings and appearances for pro wrestling and sports uh, personalities. Um, outside of that, I mean – that's pretty much it. I mean, uh, everything else I keep pretty private. Ryan Cross is a very thoughtful person, and we're very lucky to have him on the show. And I want to I want to say thanks very much for jumping on with me and Mike this week. Ah, oh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm glad you guys didn't like make me come out and play the name game, like where you give me a name and I tell people what I think of them. Because no, that so always cool. has got me. That's always got me in trouble on podcasts before. No, that's that's <laughs> we're not we're not trying to do gotcha podcast. What the see? There's the problem right there. There's the problem, Mike. He was talking about those are podcasters that are just trying to trying to just get stuff out. And that's that. We don't want to do that kind of thing. Okay. But no, that's exactly that's exactly what you were talking about. See, you, you can't even trust people nowadays because how many how many guys have have like, you know, like you're a broadcast journalist. You, you've actually been on the radio. You know, my dad was on WRJN in, in Racine, you know, for 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 years doing uh, an Italian radio show that did the news for our huge Italian population in Wisconsin. And they did Italian show, uh, Italian uh, songs and Italian music and and uh, the news and sports and Italian and stuff like that. You know, and, and I used to think, I, I, you know, God, how many people are out there right now not even listening to them because there's. 14,000 podcasts right now, you know? Right. So, you know, you, you, you just never know. You just never know, man. No, you never do. Well, Ryan, I appreciate you coming on the show and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks guys. Appreciate you. Thanks Ryan. We'll have that up on demand tomorrow morning for anybody that didn't get the entire thing. A lot of interesting things were said there and windy city slam. We'll be back next week. Remember live at noon on the Podbean app and then on demand Tuesday, by the time that you wake up, Windy City Slam is found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at WindyCitySlam.com.
the same 